You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that air. Well, we got some big breaking news about Sammy Watkins, but I'm not going to start there. I want to start by uh, the nonsense I woke up to this morning. The heck was that noise? (laughs) What the heck was that? Anyways, did you guys hear something? I got a ghost with his own microphone down here or something. I don't know what's going on. Um... You know, sometimes I wake up and um, I just flip on the Twitter, see if anything crazy happened, and sometimes stuff does happen. Um, and usually I think it has to do with people with the old blue check marks, which is not even blue on the Twitter uh, anymore, but um, maybe consuming too many beverages. I don't know. But Florio freaking woke up and was a complete idiot. Somehow got 5,658 likes. I'm guessing from a bunch of 17-year-old spoiled entitled children. Um, but I'm just, I'm really just exhausted with this kind of nonsense. But here's what he said. No prospect should attend the draft without an appearance fee. Why be an unpaid prop in a TV show from which the NFL generates significant profit? Most of the kids are brainwashed by the idea of honor. It's exploitation. Man, why does everybody have to be so miserable? Why do you have to be miserable? If somebody is getting something, I should be getting it too. That's, that's just what this is, right? Being exploited by the big billionaires. Oh, shut up. You know how boring that is? I hope Florio's grandma charges him a fee when he goes over to her house. You know what I mean? Like going over to Granny's for Christmas. There's a fee at the door. You come in here, you eat my food, you open my presents. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of being exploited. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if that's just how life was? Refusing to be quote-unquote exploited? Because God forbid anybody has anything that I don't have. I'm not allowing anyone to have more than I have. Everything needs to be exactly equal, and I will not do anything for exactly equal compensation. No more charity and goodwill, nothing. You know, damsel in distress on the side of the road with a flat tire. You pull over, you say, I'll take cash or check. You want your freaking tire fixed or what? Can you just give me a ride to the gas station <laughs> with these gas prices? Yeah, 20 bucks, lady. It's, it's a fun experience to be able to go to the draft while they're making money. So what? You know, most people have to pay for those kinds of fun experiences. If I want to go to a restaurant, I have to pay money. I don't go to the restaurant and say, um, excuse me, McDonald's, you guys make billions. You should be paying me to be here to eat your food. I'm not going to be exploited. I'm not going to be exploited. 
No, I'm sorry. These players pay nothing to set up the draft. They do nothing. The NFL spends millions and millions and millions of dollars. And these cities do massive amounts of work. There's so much work that goes on behind the scenes to set up these massive events. And they put on an incredible show that all of us get to enjoy, including the draft prospects who have the opportunity to be flown out there with their families at no cost and have a night that they'll never, ever forget. And the NFL does that, and they foot the bill for it. And yes, they're able to make money from it. So it's a win-win. Sometimes things are a win-win. It doesn't have to be exploitation. After I graduated, you know what, the, the, you know what I did? Actually, it wasn't after I graduated. It was while I was in school. But do you know what I did? I had an internship for like a year. You know how much I got paid for my internship? Zero dollars. Was that exploitation? Of course it was. It was mutually beneficial exploitation. They got me to work... I got work experience in a job field that I can't get if you don't have any work experience. So it was a mutually beneficial situation, and I was happy to do it because I needed it, and they gave it to me. So they got some labor, which not very good labor because I don't know what I'm doing. So it was some boring grunt work, and I got to say I have experience on a, on a resume. For a year, I worked with defibrillators and ventilators, linear accelerators. Incredible experience. I'm not doing that. That's exploitative. Yes, it is. They're exploiting me, and I'm exploiting them. It's called mutually beneficial relationship. You're exploiting me right now for my time. Did you know that? This is exploitation. You pay me nothing. Well, some of you guys do, and I appreciate that, by the way. You pay me nothing, and I spend hours and hours and hours. Oh, but wait, I'm kind of exploiting you, too. Put on a show so I can get thousands and thousands of listeners and I make money from it. I should be paying you to listen. Oh my God, we should be in a contractual relationship right now. We shouldn't be able to move forward without working out some kind of compensation. Florio is such a tool. I don't think the guy's ever had fun in his life. I wouldn't be surprised if, if if he does charge a fee at the door. Not that he would ever host a Christmas because God forbid he allows other people to have joy in his presence. But that's probably the reason there's no Christmas at, uh, you know... Uncle Florio, Grandpa Florio's house. I don't know. Is he married? Does he have any kids? Probably not. He would have to make people happy. And there'd be no minimum ages either. It's not like, you know, at the buffet where, you know, kids eat free. Under five years old, you don't have to pay. No, 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 no. Mark and Nancy with the beautiful new baby, it's five bucks for the baby, okay? You know the rule. That baby's going to be in here. I know they're going to have a stinky diaper, and you're going to try to put that diaper in my garbage, which, by the way, uh uh-uh, straight outside, thank you very much. But here's the thing. Just from the emotional damage and the potential that maybe a little little bit gets on my rug, you're paying the $5 entry fee, okay? And by the way, you're getting a deal because we're having ham and cheese sandwiches, okay? And cheese. It should be $7.50 this year. What a miserable person. And then he follows it up with, the shut up and entertain us crowd is already out in full force tonight. That's not the point, dude. It's, a, it's, it's about try to be grateful for something once in your life. I'm being exploited. Really? That's what you call being wined and dined and flown out to Las Vegas to a black tie event with your whole family to experience a night you'll never forget, a once in a lifetime opportunity. You call that exploitation? You're an idiot. Ungrateful morons. But they're making money. They're using me to make money. Yeah, dude, that's how life is. We use each other, but it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It's win-win. I'll use you, you can use me, and then we both win. That's the part that everybody forgets about this whole thing that we got going on here. Everything has to be exploitation. It's not exploitation. It's win-win. 
Amazon makes billions. Yeah, dude, and you get socks delivered to your door in eight hours. Same day delivery for some of this stuff I get. I order stuff and it's there that freaking day. How does that even happen? Well, because they spend billions to have their own delivery service. And they have warehouses every five miles that house millions of items full of crap. And so you see Amazon trucks just buzzing everywhere. They make billions because you pay them billions because Amazon provides you with amazing service and everything you could ever want. It's why you keep going back to Amazon. They're not evil and neither are you for exploiting them. It's a mutually beneficial relationship. Amazon is awesome and you help to make it happen. So why don't we just stop crying about it? Well, they have so much money. Yeah, because you gave it to them, you dummy. (laughs) You're the one that gave them all the money. What, you just want all the stuff but you don't want to have to pay them for it? How about you be happy that we're at a point in time where there's so much amazing stuff sitting in my basement with a top-of-the-line microphone that somebody made because they're brilliant and figured out how all this stuff works with a little mixer at my desk. I've got a computer with two monitors, a camera staring at my face, a cell phone, which is an act of God. I don't know how this thing is a thing. I got coffee. I have a Bluetooth headset. I don't know how any of this stuff works. And by the way, most of this stuff is dirt cheap these days. Something breaks, I buy a new one, I don't think about it. And you know where I buy it from? I buy it from Amazon. One-stop shop where you get great prices and stuff delivered the very next day. Life is awesome because millionaires and billionaires provide an awesome life for you. Stop complaining about it. Oh, these awful rich people that provide football to us. Oh, how horrible they are. Yes, life would be so much better if it was nothing but a bunch of working class people. We can all sweep the streets and stare at each other. We should go back to the days of just an agrarian society. So much better back then. When survival was just that. It was just survival. You work a farm, you grow your own food, you eat your own food. And if you can't do it, you starve to death. And you're dead. But at least we don't have rich people providing us with awesome lives. Because gee, does that suck. Ungrateful, whiny, whining people all the time. Jeez. How do you get to be so ungrateful? I don't understand. That's why you have no money. Because in order to make lots of money, you have to provide Lots of awesome things to people. And you don't have that ability, do you? Make the world better for a billion people, and you'll be a billionaire. Want to do it? No? All right, then shut up. Pretending they're stealing from you. Yes, Amazon stole your money, I'm sure. And the Waltons stole your money. Not like you pull off and go to Walmart because they got the cheapest prices. And it's funny staring at the people. I would love to do a study on how many people that drive Teslas are also disgusted that Elon Musk has enough money to just buy Twitter in cash. I bet it's a lot of them. You gave him the money. No, the NFL is not exploitative. It's a business. We provide a service. You pay us for the service. It's not that hard of a concept. It's incredible to me that we're pretending these kids are exploited. These are kids out of high school who are on the verge of of getting multi-million dollar contracts, about to experience the night of their life, and we got to talk about how they're being exploited. Good Lord. Anyways, so Florio's an idiot. So anyways, let's talk about Sammy Watkins, because this is part of the reason I'm in a bad mood, to be completely honest with you. It started, I went to bed in a bad mood because of the Sammy Watkins situation. I woke up to Florio, and it's just, it's just downhill from there. But it's Friday, right? I see nice weather in the 10-day forecast. We're about five, five days away, something like that. I know I can make it. We can do this. Oh, by the way, before I forget... Um, if you have, are not a member of the Green Bay Packer Nation Facebook page, you should check that out. Um, Brady is going to be swinging by the house again. He's got a bunch of stuff in the works, but uh, one of the things he used to do 
that he's going to try to get back into is adding a uh, cooking element to what he's been doing, which is honestly something I really am looking forward to, too. Biggest reason I don't do more of it is because my phone camera is broken, but we're going to rectify that real quick with something quite a bit better. But um, anyways, he's going to be swinging by and we're going to be doing a little bit of that. It's going to be a football slash cooking thing. And presumably he's going to be putting those videos on uh, on the Facebooks. So be on the lookout for that if you're interested. I'm guessing you're already subscribed to his uh, Facebook page because there are almost a half a million people on that page. In fact, there are so many of my friends that are already in there um, that are not even following my own my own pages. <laughs> they're not in my groups, Packer groups. They're not on my Facebook pages. They probably don't listen to my Packers podcast, but they follow Brady, boy. It's just like my entire friends list is in there. There are probably more of my friends and family that are in there that actually are friends with me on Facebook, to be completely honest. But um, here, let's, let's just try to not get too intellectual with the Sammy Watkins thing, because let's be completely honest. Nobody is being intellectual about the Sammy Watkins thing. So I can sit here and just read off PFF grades and stats and be like, this is what he's done. This is who he is. This is what's going on. This is kind of what you expect. But we're so far off from having rational discussions at this point <laughs> about the Sammy Watkins thing. Um, it shouldn't really be surprising, but if you've been on social media or at the very least Twitter, I have not really been on Facebook to see the reaction there, but at least on Twitter, um, the reaction has been almost entirely negative, which is to be expected because again, God forbid Green Bay Packer fans ever support the team in anything ever. This is a fan base that has watched as guys like Devondre Campbell and Razul Douglas, who have never done anything in their entire lives, came here and thrived and succeeded and done well. This is a fan base that has uh, every reason to trust the instincts of Brian Gutekunst, who has done a phenomenal job, not just in the draft, but I would say even more so in free agency, that has seen them make a decision and instantly say, I know by my own brain power, these are people who couldn't even list if you asked, if you paid them $1,000 without looking it up, tell me the teams he's been on, they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. They could name maybe two. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing many of them couldn't even tell you what team he was on last year. But yet they know everything about this guy and how he's going to fit with our team, et cetera, et cetera. The instant rage. And it, it, I mean, it's, it, you can always tell because it's one of those things, if I put anything on Twitter, it's going to blow up. Half the people that are going to help blow it up are in agreement. The other half are just seething with rage. All we've heard for I don't know how long is, at least from certain people, and granted, entirely possible these are two entirely different camps. We had one camp that was like, don't even go out and get wide receivers, which I never even heard from these people, but maybe they existed. I'm trying to provide some, some level of uh, possibility here. But they're like, let's, let's not get any of these free agents and just focus on the draft. And then you had another group that was begging and begging and begging and um, saying the Packers are abdicating their duties by not going out and doing anything in free agency. The fact that you have not done anything with all these wide receivers, all these other teams are going out and getting wide receivers. And what are we doing? We're sitting on our hands. It's this, this Brian Gutekunst is a joke. Blah, 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 blah. And they go out and they get a veteran. And instantly it's, well, not that one. I don't want that one. What are, what, what are you talking? What do you want? Well, he's hurt all the time. As opposed to who? Julio's hurt all the time. A.J. Green is hurt all the time. Jarvis Landry's hurt all the time. Who's not hurt all the time? He only played half a year last year. You so did MVS. So what? Devontae was hurt last year. MVS was hurt last year. Julio was hurt last year. Sammy was hurt last year. Everybody was hurt last year. What is your, what do you want? What is the point? This, this is, this is the problem with all of this. 
But let's be completely honest. This this signing makes the most sense of anything that could have possibly happened. Number one, the Packers are completely uncomfortable going into the draft with this much of a need. Like I've been saying, like I said yesterday, although something maybe wouldn't have gotten done, I you, you know that they wanted to because you don't want to go into the draft with the feeling that we absolutely have to do something. Now, do they still need? Of course. They still would like to do something. They still would like to add more talent, just like at offensive line and a bunch of other positions. They, they, they feel that the position is inadequate. The edge group is inadequate. The defensive line group is inadequate. The safety group isn't necessarily inadequate for this year, but going forward, it is a massive deficiency that needs to be addressed. And wide receiver is another one of those things. But I don't know that we're at a, at a, and the fan base would completely disagree with this, but I don't think they are any longer in a position where if we don't get a starting caliber wide receiver day one, we're doomed. That may still be one of the highest priorities. But the whole point of this is to at least get to a point where if disaster strikes, we can field a football team. Might not be ideal, but we can put this football team on a football field and win football games. And if the idea is that's nonsense, we need to to get somebody in the draft, then we may have already lost. Because if your entire season is dependent on a rookie um, being a major key component to your success and and chances of winning a Super Bowl, then we should just kind of cash it in. I mean, maybe we get lucky and get a Jamar Chase or a Justin Jefferson, and then, yeah, I mean, definitely that that would get us to where it needs to be. But as a general rule, you kind of don't want your season to depend on on a rookie. But as everybody should have acknowledged, there really weren't a lot of great options. Even if we had gotten in earlier, who are the great options? MVS got $10 million. He's not even worth $10 million. He's not worth anything. You know what the interesting little note is on that? MVS and Sammy Watkins. So MVS had his best season ever last year. Sammy Watkins had nearly his worst season ever last year. They had the exact same grade. So peak MVS is a 66 overall grade. Bottom of the barrel, Sammy Watkins is a 66 overall grade. That's the difference. Sammy got 4 million. MVS got 10 million. Sammy Watkins is a better football player than MVS is. And it's really not even close. Peak Sammy Watkins is like an 85-90 overall football player. Now, granted, he hasn't done that since his rookie year, and he's kind of been in a decline ever since, probably because of his constant mounting injury issues. But the fact that one subpar to mediocre football player who was injured last year got $10 million because he runs fast in a straight line, and the Packers elected to kind of wait out the market until it completely died down, which, again, a very Packers thing to do. You look at the value. It's a bad value, and as I said, the Packers refuse to overpay. So while the wide receiver market is overvalued, they don't play. Because I'm not going to be stupid, and I'm not going to just throw money down the toilet. That doesn't make any sense. I'm not going to pay $10 million to a guy worth $5 million. That's insane. Let somebody else make that decision. It, It lowers the quality of the rest of the NFL. And while the rest of the NFL lowers its quality, and we don't play along, that's an automatic bump to us. We go up while everyone else goes down, necessarily. It's, it's hedging. By simply staying still, we go up. I can hear Mr. Numberman just seething right now because I'm using words improperly somehow. <laughs> That's not how that works. He's going to send me so many financial articles today. So what did we do? Supply and demand. When the demand is high and the supply, not necessarily of wide receivers overall, but let's say top end wide receivers, is relatively low, which again, I'm putting air quotes around top end. I mean, obviously you've got the big trades, but as far as free agents, not, not a huge 
thing, whatever. But as a lot of these big time deals got done, there's less and less and less teams. So suddenly there's a big pile of wide receivers and a small pile of teams still interested in wide receivers, especially as you get closer to the draft. Because each of these teams is now looking at not only do we have a big pile of wide receivers and free agency to choose from, but we have a bigger pile of draft prospects to choose from because there's less and less likelihood that teams like the Raiders and everybody else are going to be spending big on wide receiver because they just spent big on wide receiver. The Jaguars, the Dolphins, et cetera, et cetera. And so there's less need for us to spend on wide receiver. So what does that mean? Supply and demand. Demand goes down. Supply is high. Price goes down. This is not a man-made thing, by the way. This is natural. This is, this is a natural occurrence. It's like gravity. It's a necessity. If these wide receivers want a job, they have to lower their price because there's less interest in wide receiver at this point. And the Packers knew that, and they waited for that. And suddenly, you're starting to get good value. Could you have gotten slightly better players? Yes. You could have gotten slightly better players. Is Allen Robinson a better wide receiver? Probably. I mean, he had a bad year last year, but presumably he's better. But that was a three-year, $46.5 million deal. And so when you start talking about pound for pound in terms of value per dollar, eh, Christian Kirk, four years, $72 million freaking dollars? Christian Kirk has done what in his career so far? What, 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 are his, what, what is his highlight? What's his big selling point? Are you kidding me? $72 million? $72 million for Christian Kirk. We paid four for Sammy Watkins. And again, MVS for $30 million? Never. That's insane. That's the Chiefs realizing they lost speed and they're desperate, and so they went out and got a guy for speed. And they, they were not willing to wait because they were scared if they waited, we wouldn't be able to get the speed. And so we got to just pay whatever it takes. And that's what a lot of teams do. We got to do whatever it takes because we need it. The Packers don't do that. Michael Gallup stayed in Dallas for $62 million. I mean, Cordero Patterson got $5.5 million a year. Cordero Patterson, he's never been as good as Sammy Watkins. Even if we assume Sammy isn't that good, he's clearly, Cordero has never done anything in the NFL except be a kick returner, ever. You paid five and a half million dollars a year for a kick returner. Juju Smith-Schuster, who's a goofball that also has not been good in, I mean, he's very similar to Sammy Watkins, minus, I think, the injury. I think he's been relatively healthy. But same thing, he started off real hot and he's just been getting worse every single year. Now he's only 25, which is nice, but they only signed him to a one-year deal. So if age was a factor and we're like, hey, we're going to get him real, why wouldn't you sign him to multiple years? One year, $10.75 million for Juju? I mean, you could say you're buying into the upside because we've seen how talented he is. Well, that, why isn't that true of Sammy Watkins? You don't remember how good he used to be? I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying this is the most brilliant thing in the world. This is just a very basic, very low-risk, low-impact kind of a deal. I mean, this is similar to the Devin Funches situation. It, maybe it's not going to pan out. Obviously, with Devin, it didn't. Which, by the way, did anybody expect him to just not play for two years? <laughs> did he have a big extensive injury history that would have ex- caused us to expect him to just never play? Probably not so much. But he still didn't play, did he? I mean, granted, it was, you know, COVID and whatnot. But still, he didn't play. The point is, we just don't know, man. And the larger point is, it's nothing to get mad about. Sammy Watkins is an experienced football player. He's built spectacularly well, very high upside. And you could say, well, the floor is real low. Well, we paid four million bucks. So it's a low risk investment. It's kind of like buying the next cryptocurrency. Like, um, excuse me, the odds of this actually becoming the next Bitcoin are real low. It's like, yeah, but if it does, I invested like $4 and that's going to turn into like, you know, 4 million. So I'm fine with my decisions. 
You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's, and it's not, obviously not even that unlikely. And no, I don't do that because I do think that that's generally pretty stupid. But that's the point. Like, even, even if you're saying this is, you know, this was stupid, you shouldn't have invested in this cryptocurrency because the odds of it blowing up are almost zero. That's a fair assessment. Sammy Watkins becoming an elite wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers is a low probability. That's true. But it's certainly no reason to be throwing an absolute temper tantrum on social media. What, what, what exactly is it you're mad about? Well, he's injured all the time. So what? Well, maybe he won't even play. He'll play a half a year. So what? Why did you do it? It's four million bucks, dude. I mean, it's, we're paying him kicker money. A first round draft pick wide receiver that's, you know, what is he, like six foot one, two twelve? Runs a four four one. He's a solidly built, fast, experienced veteran wide receiver who on a bad day is like MVS at his best. And you're gonna cry about it. Like I, I just I don't understand being that angry about something. We added depth, which is what we need. We need additional bodies in the room. I mean it's it it would be like why didn't everybody get this mad about Randall Cobb? Randall Cobb has an injury history. Randall Cobb hasn't been a good football player in like five years. Why didn't everybody lose their mind when we paid him to come play here? I don't understand. I, 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 I'm just, I guess, confused by the level of rage over the Sammy Watkins thing. I mean, of all the really stupid things that teams did, this is one of the lesser stupid things. Of all the wide receivers that were acquired, this is one of the, this is one of the more sensible pickups that has been made when you factor in the price. Because $4 million is literally nothing. Well, he's not going to be good. That's why we paid him $4 million, because he probably isn't going to be good. That's also why we paid Devondre Campbell like $2 million last year, except he turned out to be very good, and then we paid him more money. That's why we paid Razul Douglas basically no money last year, because he hadn't done anything in his career, and there was no reason to believe he was going to do well. But because we did such a good job of finding the right fit for, the, for, for our exact team, and because they thrived in this system, they did really well, they made money, and they stayed here. So it wasn't just a one-year kind of let's just find some depth. I mean, that's what it was initially, but it worked out. And sometimes it doesn't work out. And guess what? When we go out and spend very little money on some of these guys that don't pan out, it doesn't mean it. Christian Kirk, or not Christian Kirk. <laughs> I got him on the bro. Who was, uh, uh, what is his name? I don't know. The, the, the linebacker we got last time. Christian Kirksey. That's, that would be why. Christian Kirksey. Very similar to Devondre Campbell. Guy's done nothing in his career. Well, I shouldn't say nothing in his career, but he hasn't done anything in a very long time. And, and even then, he wasn't ever very good. That was wildly overstated by everybody, how elite Christian Kirksey was. He hadn't really done anything in his career. He wasn't very good. We paid him very little money. He came in. He wasn't a big impact player. And guess what? Oh, well, we got what we paid for. What are the, here, here's the real question. What are the odds we're going to get $4 million out of um, Sammy Watkins? I'd say they're pretty high. What are the odds the Chiefs are going to get $10 million a year worth of value out of MVS? I'd say it's pretty low. Sammy Watkins, again, had a 66 overall grade last year. He was a number four overall selection in 2014. And actually, it was his second year, 2015, that he blew up with a 90 overall grade. 1,047 yards and nine touchdowns. Now, he never did anything quite like that again, but there's a reason why the guy was taken number four overall. And no, I don't necessarily expect that to happen here. He went to LA, I'll list the teams for you, after Buffalo. Ended up with a 69 overall grade. Then he goes to Kansas City, gets a 71, 71, and then a 64, which was actually his lowest. Kansas City's like, all right, I'll see you later. You're not really helping us that much anymore. And then he went to Baltimore last year, where he got his 66 overall grade. He was injured the last two seasons, but he actually did play all of 2019. So it's not every year that he gets injured. It's just he has an extensive injury history, meaning it's multiple years. 
The last full season, 105 targets, 66 receptions, 961 yards, four touchdowns, 71.6 overall grade. Not the end of the world. By the way, he had several really, really good games, which we never really got from MVS. Week one against Jacksonville that year in 2019, 11 targets, nine receptions, 198 yards, and three touchdowns. These are the kinds of things you get from Sam. You know, it's kind of it's kind of like we talk about with MVS and a lot of these other guys, where you get like a couple good games out of them. It's not. It would be nice to get like a Devonte where he's just good every game, but there's nobody out there in free agency that's going to give you that. So you get a guy that gives you good moments and good games. The point is, though, when Sammy Watkins has a good game, it's nine receptions, 200 yards, and three touchdowns, which I don't even think Devontae has those kinds of games. <laughs> 92 overall grade. His second best game was against Tennessee in the playoffs. Uh, nine targets, seven receptions, 114 yards, and a touchdown. The next game in the playoffs was his next best game. So two of his three best games were the last two games that he played, one of them being in the Super Bowl. Sammy Watkins helped contribute to their Super Bowl victory with six targets, five receptions, and 98 yards. And that also, that also seems to be a calling card with Sammy Watkins that I've noticed. The guy is clutch when the game is on the line. I don't know that from experience, but just everything I've seen, when you look at highlights, people are posting up like, hey, this doesn't seem like much, but this was a game winner. This was the game icer right here. This ended the game. Um, somebody posted up a clip of him ending, I don't remember what team it was, the, it was something like the Jets. Oh, it was against Revis, that's why they posted it. But it was just a random thing, like, oh, by the way, this was the game winner. Um, somebody else posted something about he had uh, game-winning receptions against the Bears and the Lions. You look at here, again, in the playoffs, on their Super Bowl run with the Kansas City Chiefs, his two of his three best games were the final two games of the season to help get them over the hump. For a team that... Um, struggles in big situations. And when you're replacing a guy who is probably the clutch go-to guy in game-winning situations, you know, if, if, you're, if you're looking for somebody that isn't everything but can provide you something, right? In other words, not, nobody's going to give you every component Devontae has, but let's say you could pick like one or two things that Devontae does, and that's who, how you decide which one of you, these guys you're going to pick. You know, Julio gives you this, and Sammy gives you this, and da 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 I don't mind a guy that's going to give you some clutch, some clutchness. If he's a guy that's going to ice some games, he's going to convert a couple third downs, and he's going to have just, uh, you know, one or two really big games, assuming he stays healthy, which, you know, certainly not a guarantee, then he ends up being a good fit. By the way, very, very rare thing to find among wide receivers. This guy is basically an elite run blocker. And I know that sounds stupid, but you talked about the Green Bay Packers finding somebody and you got a guy that's 6'1", 211. So he's got a big build. He runs a 4-4-3. So he's got relative speed. I mean, he's not lightning fast, but he has plenty of speed. He's not slow. And the guy, I mean, here are his run blocking grades. Outside of 2018, you have 78, 75, 71, 79, 82, 80, and 72. 2018 was a 55. I don't know what happened that year. By the way, even as a pass blocker, his grades are 74, 69, 80, and 72. We talk about Lazard being an elite blocker. I would bet Sammy Watkins is better. Ba- I mean, just based on these grades. Yes, it's, it's close. 72, 78, 62 for run blocking for Lazard, and then 77, 73, 75. I mean, at the very... The, the, these are two of the best, for sure. Here's, here's something. See, see now, now I'm thinking. Just picture Lazard and Sammy on the same side of the field, and you flip a pass out. You know, you, you got a bunch set. Let's just say, for fun, 
you've got, I don't know, a bunch with Lazard, Sammy Watkins, and let's just pull a name out of the air, Traylon Burks. <laughs> I'm just saying. And you have two of the best blocking receivers in football and a, what, 225-pound massive tackle-breaking psychopath, pig slaughterer who's catching a pass against, you know, some dainty uh, 198-pound corners. And let's just say, hypothetically, maybe in the mid-rounds, we get a guy that's got a lot of speed. We put that guy on the other side, because on one hand, you got safety saying, that looks dangerous and we're going to need some help, you know, in support. And on the other hand, they're looking on the other side of the field and saying, actually, we kind of need some support on the back end of the field over here. We got to be careful. I don't know. Stupid to brag about run blocking for a wide receiver, but is it? (laughs) I mean, considering how much success we have running that kind of stuff, how critical that is in this offense, adding basically another Lazard. And that's the thing. We're adding Lazard. He's a relatively big body guy. He's a big blocker. What was Lazard's overall grade last year? A 64. So, okay, so it's Lazard. Again, for four million bucks, oh well, cry about it. We're getting another Lazard on the team. A big body, third down converter who's great at blocking and has a lot more speed than Lazard does. He's a faster, more talented Alan Lazard. Aw shucks. That's it. That's what it is. And the fact of the matter is, if he doesn't stay healthy, that sucks. But at least we only played $4 million. If he does stay healthy, that's great. And we can use him. And hopefully we add a bunch more guys in the draft so that we have these, this great variety of cool things we can do. We got some more speed. We've got some big receivers, whether that's Pierce or Traylon or uh, Tyquan Thornton or whoever. But that's the thing. I mean, could, can we just get excited? Why, why do we automatically go to doom and gloom? But, well, he's going to get hurt. Five seconds ago, he wasn't even on the team. I mean, talk about glass half full and glass half empty. We added a half a year of productive play to our wide receiver room, and you're mad about the half a year he's not going to play. Why? We, we, that we, never ha- we didn't have that yesterday. Well, he's not going to play the second half of the year. Well, he wasn't going to play the second half of the year or the first half of the year as of 12 hours ago. Why are you mad? I don't, I don't understand. Nobody said we're not drafting a wide receiver now, by the way. I said that it's not desperation, but we certainly want to add to it. So that's not a reason to be infuriated, and there weren't really better options, and we didn't spend too much money, so I, I have no idea what you're upset about. And if, again, if it's the injuries, every single option that's out there has an injury history. Half the players on our football team have an injury history. David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Kenny Clark, and Preston Smith. And I mean, just go down the line, find guys that haven't been out for multiple weeks. You're not going to find hardly any. Multiple guys on this team are hurt seemingly every year. It might just be for a week. I don't know. But it just, I mean, you got to just calm down, dude. Again, it, it's not earth shattering, but that's not a reason to be mad. That's like, it'd be like if somebody handed you a scratch off and they're like, hey man, I want some money with this. And I, I, don't, I just wanted to, to bless you today. And you're like, all right, let me see. And you look at it and you won $4 and, and you just get furious. $4, are you kidding me? A $4 winning scratch off ticket? Maybe I'm going to punch you in your face. Like, why? What did I do? I just wanted to, I just gave you something you didn't have before. Wow, dude. Four dollars? That's it? Yeah, I mean, I'll, you don't need, I'll take it back if you don't want it. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know what's happening right now. 
mad that it's not a <laughs> hundred. Like I, I get like you got your hopes up, like dude, this is gonna be awesome, and then it wasn't as awesome. But you don't get mad about getting four dollars. Does that make sense? Am I, is this? I don't know. Uh, to, to to a lot of people out there, apparently what I'm saying makes no sense. And rage is the proper response to, hey, we added Sammy Watkins. So that'll help a little. I think, honestly, the proper reaction is to kind of shrug and go, eh, sweet. Hopefully that works out. That's it. That's the whole thing, man. I thought about yesterday doing a breaking news pod, but then I thought about it. And I'm like, eh, it's not that big of a deal. Positive or negative. It's just kind of, eh, I'll talk about it tomorrow. So anyways... Uh, we're going to take a break. On the other side of the break, I want to talk about some... Um, I've been nerding out hardcore, which is usually what I like to do in the postseason. I just haven't really found my groove, and now I found it, and I can't stop. Um, but in an effort to improve my big board, I kind of stumbled on something else that I wanted to try, and I found it, and I've been playing with it. And it's... First of all, it was shockingly easy. And uh, now that I have the information, I'm going to massively improve my big board, which I don't know if that's going to get done before the draft, but 2023 is going to be a great year. But I really want to get it done because I want it to work out and I want to prove that my big board is better than a lot of other big boards because that's going to be awesome. But we'll talk about some of the stuff that I've been working on uh, after the break. First of all, and again, I don't know if Patreon's broken or if uh, I don't know what's going on, but apparently we got a new patron, uh, Chris. Chris, thank you very much for jumping on. Um, But again, just like yesterday, when I got a new patron, I can't find him anywhere. So I don't know if people are joining and deleting right away, or if Patreon's like, nah, he's got enough. He doesn't need any more. Get out of here, kid. Uh, I don't know what's happening. But um, Manny and Chris, if you're out there somewhere, thank you. And um, if you ran away screaming, then I apologize for whatever I've done to offend you. You're welcome to come back anytime. I just found them through my email. It says that Manny joined May of 2021, and Chris joined April of 2019. So now I'm super confused. But anyways, thank you guys for still being around. (laughs) I don't know what's going on. Uh, Remember, please, to check out the GoFundMes. We've got one pinned to my Twitter. We have one in the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. And again, if you're not in any of those and you just refuse to be but still want to donate, just reach out and I will get you the links to whatever you need. Also, please don't forget about A Modern Frontier. That's amodernfrontier.com. Use promo code MEATPACKER, that's one word, all caps, and you're going to get a big old box of meat delivered to your door for $25 off. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. 
Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, kind of trying to think how to set up this uh, discussion here, but, you know, I, I mentioned Mr. Numberman before, and th- there have been certain situations where people have reached out and I've had some pretty good discussions that have kind of got the gears turning a little bit. And one of the things, and I've talked about it on this podcast, sort of the discussion I had, and that is, you know, kind of nerding out on the idea of RAS and what does it mean for something to be relative? And well, everything is relative, but not really, but kind of. And it kind of just started me down the path of really starting to, because again, as I've said before, everything is a tool. You just need to know how to use it. And sometimes we just generalize and we grab a tool and we say, this is the thing, right? PFF is just, this is just how good they are. Or um, RAS, this is how athletic they are. Well, again, when you start to understand PFF, you you kind of maybe tweak it from this is how good they are to at least understanding not only that they're not perfect, but they really uh, prefer consistency, for example. Um, RAS is not athleticism, it's relative athleticism, which means something. And again, he had mentioned, well, everything's relative, and technically that's true. My objection to RAS is that not every question is about how athletic are you compared to people your size and at your position. That isn't always the most... Uh, the best answer to the question I'm asking. Again, if if I'm if the question I'm asking is how quickly can you get to the sideline, I don't really care how tall you are, right? I mean, it's 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 not that's not the appropriate answer to my specific question. It might be a a better answer to the question of athleticism because you're you're you know pound for pound, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's it's a good metric, but again, what is the question? If you want to know generally how athletic they are, the RAS is a good way to to utilize that because. You do need to take into account how big and all that stuff are. But again, it depends on the question. And so the other issue with RAS is it doesn't really specifically tell you anything. It's a very general score. And so you have to actually click on it to go in to look at the specific. And you'll find somebody with like a 9.5 RAS and you can assume they're explosive. You can assume they're fast. You can assume they're big. You can assume any of these things, but there's a very good chance that they're actually not this, that, or the other thing. Now, if you have a 10 overall grade, then yeah, you can pretty much assume you check every single box. Now, again, that's that's also relative. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you are like the fastest in the class. It's just relative to your side. Well, what's your side? Right. Jelani Woods isn't the fastest tight end, but he is the fastest relative to his size, for example. However, if you look at, for example, Darian Beavers, Darian Beavers had a 9.6 RAS. So the assumption is this dude can fly. Well, really where he graded out well was his height, 
Um, his explosion, his vert and his broad jump, his agility, which is his shuttle and his three cone, his um, speed, however, was just rated as good. He ran a four seven. In other words, it was pretty average for his size. So he has average speed. It's his explosion and his agility. But then there's a, a deeper question that I have. And I think we generally think we understand these things, but not to a very specific degree. And that question is, which of these things matter and how much, right? He, he, so he has a 9.6 RAS. What does that mean? Does it mean he's fast? Well, no. In his specific case, if you click on it, he has great explosion, great agility, and good speed and good size. Okay, well, that's good information. But how much should you take three cone into account when you're talking about linebackers? How about short shuttle? How about broad jump, vert, 40 yard dash, 20 yard split, height, weight, arm length, hand size? How much do any of these things matter relative to the position? That was the question. And that's what I wanted to answer. Again, it's not necessarily that I went out and made a better tool, but I made a different tool that answers different questions. What I wanted to do was build a metric that says, I want to look at how important each one of these individual metrics is for that position, and then give a score based on how good you did in a position relative to how important that position is. Does that make sense? So for example, if you are, um, let's say you're a wide receiver with a really high RAS, and a lot of that had to do with your um, agility score and a really good broad jump, but your vert was not very good, and a couple other things weren't very good. What does that mean relative to your position? Generally, you would assume this is going to be a great player. They have a lot of athleticism. But what I've learned is that one of the most critical pieces for a wide receiver is your vertical jump. And broad jump is one of the least most important. The least most. Nope. The least important is sufficient, I think. In fact, based on the data I found, which is based on every single wide receiver in the NFL this year, there is an inverse correlation between broad jump and um, how good a wide receiver is. So at the very least, there is no correlation. So you having a very good broad jump means nothing to me if you're a wide receiver. Nothing. However, your vert, which again, you have ex this is your explosion grade, and they're right next to each other, and they're very similar things. But there is a high correlation between the vert and being a good football player, and a low correlation, basically zero correlation between your broad jump and how good of a wide receiver you are. And so anyways, again, the, the, the point of this was to, to find that information out. That was the first step. Here is what I found. In order. The least... Um, correlation is the broad jump. The next lowest correlation is the bench press, which shouldn't surprise anyone. After that is the short shuttle. Then it's height. Then three cone, which my assumption was three cone would be one of the highest. It's not. Then it's weight. Then it's 40 time. Then it's hand size. Then it's arm length. And then it's vert. Now, there are two that are a lot higher, but there's also very few people that actually do these, these drills or tests. And so it's a very low sample size. I wish more people would do it so we can get a clearer answer. But 60-yard um, shuttle is almost double what the vert is. And the Wonderlick is six times higher than the vert in terms of its correlation to being a good football player. And I wish more people would do the Wonderlick. I hate that there's this stigma that it's this horrible thing. You shouldn't do any kind of academic testing because it makes people feel sad when, when they're dumb or whatever. It's, it's like, again, how is that different than the 40 time? Like there's something deeply intrinsic about intelligence testing that people really don't like. But I, I, I'm sorry. I, I have a suspicion that in, a, in, in the league in which you have to be very... We talk about intelligence all the time. For quarterbacks, for safeties, for wide receivers, for everybody. The, the, the intelligence is critically important in the game of football. Offensive linemen, critically important for every position. Some more than others, but every position. But yet we're not allowed to talk about intelligence. Why? 
Why are we not allowed to talk about a major metric in the game of football? Because it hurts some people's feelings? I'm sorry. I want to know. Well, the Wonderlick isn't a very good test. Fine. Find a better one. From what I've seen, the vast majority of people who are anti-IQ you know, IQ tests and Wonderlick tests are people that are just generally opposed to intelligence testing. So they find excuses to explain away any reason to ever test intelligence. It doesn't matter what the test is. It doesn't matter what the results find. You're always going to find them saying, nope, you shouldn't do that. Uh, I found a study out here somewhere that says that it doesn't work, so we shouldn't do it. Right, and 40 time doesn't really correlate to speed either, but we still do that. I would like people to do the Wonderlick test because I think it really has a high... I would bet there is a... In fact, I've done this with quarterback already, and I know there is a high correlation. So small sample size, but I'd be willing to bet if I went position by position, almost every position has a very high correlation between a high Wonderlick and being good at football. Six times higher than the vert. That number may come down drastically again if we had a larger sample size. I'm guessing it would, but I still bet it would be very high on the list. So I, again, I you know I wish we weren't so sensitive about everything, and we could just accept that. I mean, I know I'm not the. I I, I guarantee if I took an IQ test, I'm not going to be one of the upper level people. I know that. So what? I am who I am. I also know I'm not going to crush it in the NBA. There's a lot of things I'm not good at. I have strengths and I have weaknesses, just like everybody else. You don't have to hide from them. Figure out who you are and learn to embrace what you are and, you know, maximize your strengths, minimize your weaknesses, go out and crush it. But this idea of we're going to hide from finding out who I am so that I don't have to feel bad about it. Like, dude, grow up. Let's, let's figure this stuff out here. Man, I'm in a mood today, aren't I? <laughs> Anyways, so this information was interesting, but the question is, well, what do you do with this information? This information is looking at combine testing compared to wide receivers. And I grabbed a sample size of, not everybody did the testing, obviously, but I have 524 wide receivers. Um, so what do you do? You read that back into this draft class, right? So you take the vert and how much, to what degree it's more important than the 40-yard dash, and you read that into each individual player's ranking. Well, how do you know how it ranks? I mean, again, it's all relative and da 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 da, da. Well, you look at a you look at the sample size and you give a score out of ten, and then you multiply it out based on the scores that we found, et cetera, et cetera, right? The math behind it is kind of boring, but it's not that hard to do. And just like the uh, uh, what call it, the big board, I've already identified some ways that I'd like to make some tweaks, but just I just want to give you the numbers that I have so far. And, and again, one of the other issues is that um, not everybody did everything. And so when you add up everything, if you didn't do a test, then obviously it's not going to be as high. And so I have one that's the total and one that's the average, but whatever. It's, it's, it doesn't matter that much anyways. The highest person on this list, I know I had said Traylon Burks before, but again, I made some tweaks. The highest combine score, in other words, the most, the guy that hit all the right metrics the best is Jalen Tolbert. Number two is Alec Pierce. Number three is Tri, uh, Ty Freifogel. Number four is Kevin Austin, and number five is Christian Watson. Now, again, that doesn't line up to their RAS, but as I said, RAS doesn't take into account how important the drills are. It just says, here is how athletic they are based on their position and their height and weight, which is fine, but it doesn't answer every question. And again, from my perspective, the more important question is, how did you do in these athletic testings based on what actually matters? So in my opinion, this thing that I've created is the most important athletic, the best athletic metric that is currently available. <laughs> so I'm going to continue to tweak it, and I'm going to try to see 
how best to do this. I'm guessing there's something I can do that's between, um, you know, some total and average that'll give you kind of a decent metric. I'm not exactly sure what that would be, though. By the way, if you go based on average, Christian Watson, number one, then Braylon Sanders, Isaiah Weston, Jalen Tolbert, and Alex uh, Alec Pierce are the top guys available. But again, do they stay at the top? If they do the rest of the testing, I don't know. But essentially what this is, is just based on athletic testing, who is most likely to succeed in the NFL? That's essentially what this metric tells you, because you're just reading it back into doing well in the NFL. So I'm going to keep playing with this, but I'm pretty excited about this. Um, I'm, I don't know. I don't know exactly what to do with this information, but I've I need to do something with, but I want to go through the rest of the, the, I just did wide receiver. Obviously I want to go through the rest of the, um, I guess the rest of the position. I don't, I don't know what I want to do. Cause again, the, the, the entire point of doing this was to fix my big board and uh, not even fix it to make it more accurate. And, um, I just kind of stumbled on this. All I know is 2023, man, I'm going to have some resources. It's going to be glorious. But anyways, I found that to be interesting information that I thought that you would want to know again, based on the data that's available. All the combine times that are available, as well as all the data we have on the current wide receivers in 2021, the top three metrics, if we remove Wonderlick and 60-yard shuttle, vertical jump, arm length, hand size, top three. 40-yard dash is more important than three-cone. The weight of the wide receiver has a higher correlation than three-cone. So, you know, there's a rumor out there or, or a, a general belief that the Packers care a lot about three cone that may not that that may be true. That may not be true. I don't know. We, we always think we know everything based on trends. But the problem with the trends is we've done almost nothing. Brian Gutekunst has drafted like four wide receivers ever, and I'm pretty sure two or three of them had terrible testing. So I don't know where we get to say, well, we, we wouldn't touch a guy unless he has a great three. cone. Amari Rogers three cone is garbage. By the way, Amari Rodgers actually doesn't rank terribly on this list, interestingly enough. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't grade out great, but he certainly isn't as bottom of the barrel. In other words, he hits the right metrics in the right areas, despite hitting almost no metrics whatsoever, period. But um, there you go. There's some information for you. If you want to find guys that are really good at something, or if you, if you want to know which ones you should care about the most, check out the vert, man. Them hops. Which, I mean, again, it kind of makes sense. Vert, arm length, hand size. What are we talking about? Go up and get it, right? You can jump high. If you have a larger arm length, you have a, a larger catch radius, and hand size probably correlates to your ability to catch the football. After that is 40-yard dash. It's speed. After that is weight. Big wide receivers, the Debo Samuels, the Traylon Burks, these types of guys. I mean, if you have bigger size, it's more coveted for a reason. And again, bench press and broad jump are generally just kind of useless. They're, they're, there's no relationship there. Which again, it kind of makes sense. If you look at it and say, well, that doesn't make sense. We're talking about explosion. Vert and broad jump should be, you know, the, the, the same thing. We're both talking about explosion. Not, not really. We're talking about different types of explosion. One of them, the wide receiver needs to do. One of them, the wide receiver doesn't really need to do. Other positions, maybe. And I, I'm, that's going to be really interesting to see is how this changes based on different positions. Which again, I don't know if I'm actually even going to do that. But we'll see how it goes. Um, I really wanted to touch on another subject today, but I was so unbelievably ranty. We'll have to save it for tomorrow, but I want to have a good, healthy discussion about quarterbacks for a lot of different reasons. Um, there's a lot of talk about quarterbacks maybe going a lot earlier than expected, and I wanted to kind of play with a couple different scenarios and look at a couple different options and maybe even have the really uncomfortable conversation about 
the very, very slight possibility the Packers look in that direction. Just very slight, all right? Let's not panic, and I hate to leave you with that kind of a cliffhanger, but we got to have that conversation. It's going to be uncomfortable, but um, it's got to at least be addressed at least once. So anyways, I do have to leave it there. Um, I will continue nerding out, and I will plan on uh, whatever I discover, throwing it up on Patreon. And again, I'll, I'll try to differentiate. So the, the $5 tier is generally like just the extra content tier. So you guys are going to get something no matter what. Um, and then I'll, I'll save it for the upper tiers to get maybe a little bit more detailed breakdowns um, and that kind of fun, goody stuff. But um, yeah, lots, lots, lots to be done. And I'm having a lot of fun doing it. But you guys have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>